Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, I'm about to read the Bible for us. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 1, verse, starting at verse 18. This is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Well, good day everyone again. Good morning and uh, Merry Christmas again. Hope you had a great morning. Uh, but it is, it's a very different Christmas for us this year, isn't it? After all, uh, we've had a crazy year, and I don't need to tell any, any of you that. But uh, some, for some of us, for many of us, in fact, we're having a very different Christmas just to cap it all off. Uh, some of us were planning trips that had to be cancelled at the last minute. Some of us were expecting visitors that aren't able to come anymore. Some of us are simply just exhausted from the uncertainty of 2020. All throughout this year, time and again, our plans in 2020 have been frustrated, haven't they? And who knows what's ahead for 2021? For many of us, for many of us, this can be all so unsettling. Have you felt like that this year? Unsettled? Maybe that's how you're feeling today. You know, I reckon we've got a good idea of what it was like for Mary and Joseph. I reckon they were feeling unsettled as well, but of course not not because of COVID. For them, the issue was an unexpected pregnancy. We read this in the Bible reading a bit earlier, uh, but, but look again, it's, it's in your leaflet there. Look at verse 18. It says, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes there for a moment. There you are, engaged, happy, waiting. But then you find out your fiance is pregnant. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. You know it's not yours. Uh, or, or imagine what Mary was going through. Now she's got her whole life in front of her. And now this? How could she ever explain this to Joseph? I mean, she knows the child is from God, but how could she possibly prove it to him or, or, or to anybody else for that matter? See, back at that very first Christmas, Mary and Joseph, no doubt, they were feeling a lot like us in 2020. Things have not gone according to plan at all. This is going to be a very different Christmas than they first expected. But that wasn't all for Joseph. Things get even a little bit more hairy for him. Uh, he decides to quietly call things off with Mary but then an angel comes to visit. Uh, it's in verse 20 there. 
But after he, after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So not only is Joseph's engagement falling apart, but then an angel visits him in a dream. And the angel says, actually, no, Mary's done nothing wrong. Her pregnancy is an act of God. How unsettled must Joseph have been feeling at this moment? Because, I mean, this whole idea of the virgin birth, it's pretty out there, isn't it? I mean, maybe you're here today and, and you just don't think it happened. Perhaps Mary made up this elaborate excuse for her adultery. Perhaps it was a complete fabrication made up by the Bible writers, or, or, or perhaps it was something else entirely. But this kind of thing just doesn't happen. And, you know, you're right. This is a pretty out there claim. It's not normal at all. Uh, but, but just walk with me for a moment here. Uh, because if there is a God, and, and if this God is like the Bible says he is, if he's powerful and if he made everything, if he made everything from nothing, you know, plants, birds, mountains, even us, people, if there really is that God, then this, the virgin birth, it wouldn't be too hard for him, would it? I mean, certainly Joseph believed that this God was real and he believed that this God could do it. And you see that because he did exactly what God's angel told him to do. Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. He took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. This was a very different Christmas for Mary and Joseph. I'm sure they were left feeling unsettled by all that had happened. But also, did you notice? It's a very different Christmas than what we're expecting to see, too. I mean, we have this idea of what the Christmas story involves, you know, rushing off to get to Bethlehem and then struggling to find an inn to stay in and so on and so on. But here, in fact, we're, we're missing so much of the detail. There's, we're not told about a trip to Bethlehem. There's no frantic rush to find a room. There's no farm animals, no shepherds mentioned. Not even the wise men are here. They come later, next chapter. We'll hear about that on Sunday. But this is very bare bones, not much detail at all, except for one aspect. Did you notice that the angel was very specific about what name the child was to be given? In verse 21, the angel tells Joseph, she, and he's talking about Mary there, Mary will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Anyone here have an idea which movie, in, in all of history, which movies have made the most money? What about top five? Anyone got ideas for the top five? The highest grossing films of all time. Let, let me give you the top five. They are, number one, uh, The Avengers Endgame. Number two was Avatar. Number three was Titanic. Number four was uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Number five was another Avengers movie, uh, Infinity War. But what do all, what all these five movies have, have in common? They all have in common that their story is about a saviour figure. 
They're stories about us. So let me let me go through them again. Uh, in both the Avengers movie, the Avengers, this group of superheroes, band together to save the universe from Thanos. Uh, in Avatar. Uh, Jake Sully joins forces with the, an alien race to save their species from being crushed by the evil, money-hungry corporation. In Titanic, Leo saves Kate from a loveless engagement. And in Star Wars, uh, the Resistance tries to save the universe from the First Order. Or at least that's what I've been told. I haven't seen it. Uh, but... But here are these movies. These are the movies that have made the most money ever. And they're all stories from our time. And centrally in all of them are saviour figures. So the idea of a saviour, that's pretty normal for us. We know what they do. And the Bible says that's actually why Jesus came. He's to be called Jesus because he's going to be a saviour too. Only he's not saving us from bad guys in outer space or bad marriage arrangements. It says there that Jesus comes to save his people from their sins. And that's where things get a little bit awkward for us. You know, back in Jesus' day, people wanted a saviour. They wanted someone to save them from their oppressors. They wanted someone to come in and kick out the Romans and so them as a nation could be free again. And today we're after saviours as well, all sorts of different kinds of saviours too. Um, someone to save me from my debt, something to save me from my failing health, someone to save me from a life that just feels like it's going nowhere, or perhaps the biggest one this year. We want someone to save us, something to save us from COVID. Bring on the vaccine, you know, let us get back to normal life again. But Jesus says, no, that's not me. He didn't come to kick the Romans out for people back in back in his day. And for us today, he hasn't come to put an end to our money woes or an end to COVID. He came to save people from their sins. Uh, We often think of sins as really bad things, you know, kind of on the level of killing someone, that sort of thing. But the Bible's view of sins is a little bit different. The Bible says sins are all the things that show we're out of touch with God. The kind of things we do that make it clear we've said no to God. And so for each of us, that that can look kind of different. You know, I might say no to God, and that means I don't care about the environment he made. On the other hand, you might really care about the environment, but you've also said no to God. You just show it in a different way. Maybe it's that you're okay to tell a little white lie at work. Maybe you show it through greed with your money. Or, you know, whatever it is, there's a thousand different ways to do it. But according to the Bible, this is the real problem. That each of us is out of touch with God, and we show it in the way that we live. What do you think what do you think God could do at this point? What would God do? Maybe he's gonna strike the world in judgment, get his revenge on us for kicking him to the curb. Maybe God's just gonna kind of wipe his hands and walk away. Just leave us to deal with the mess that we've made. I mean, after all, what what would you do if you were God? If you made the world, but then the world turned around and said, no, God, get out. What would you do? Well, did you notice that Jesus has another name? Matthew quotes from one of the prophets, a, a guy who lived 700 years before Jesus. It's there in verse 22. Look at verse 22. 
It says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The great miracle of Christmas is that God has not abandoned us. Despite our sins and our turning away from him, God doesn't just strike us down. He doesn't leave us to our own mess. Instead, he steps into our world. In Jesus, God comes amongst us. In Jesus, we see God's care and concern and his love for us. Because in Jesus, God comes to save us from our sins. This year, many of us are having a very different Christmas. And perhaps what Matthew has said to you about that very first Christmas is also different to what you expected. Like I said before, no rushing to Bethlehem, no farm animals, no shepherds. Matthew does this because he's not so much concerned about all the details and all the trimmings. But Matthew does this because he wants us to meet Jesus, to have our focus on Jesus, the one who is God with us, the one who comes to save us from our sins. This might be different than what we're expecting. And it might even be unsettling. But hey, we've been doing different and unsettling all year already. And maybe you didn't expect Jesus to be on your Christmas agenda. But here he is. So what do we do with someone like Jesus? What do you do with him? I think this morning you could be here and you probably fit into one of these three categories. Um, The first category is that You're not really on board with the whole Jesus thing. You're here today, yes, but that's probably more out of obligation to a friend or someone in your family who's dragged you along. This whole Jesus stuff is not really for you. Look, can I just say to you, if that's you, I'm really glad you're here. Welcome. Look, church church is totally for you. We're glad you're here with us. And I want to say as well, why not try digging a bit deeper? Digging a bit deeper into this Jesus thing. After all, what have you got to lose? Uh, let me just give you an idea about a couple of ways. If you want to do that, here's a couple of ways you could do to dig, to dig deeper, to get to know Jesus better. You could pick up a Bible um, of your own. Uh, you could, if you don't have one at home, just jump on the internet and there's uh, plenty of Bibles on there. Just Google it. And pick up a Bible and, and read Matthew. Read through the rest of the story of his life and get to know Jesus firsthand. Uh, another thing you could do, you could come back here. Um, as a church on the 10th of January, we're going to start this series. We're calling it The Biggest Challenge. And we're looking at four really big challenges our world faces, and we're going to hear what Jesus has to say about them. So why not come back and just invest a little bit of your time in seeing what Jesus is like. It would be a really easy way to see um, it, it, the kind of things that Jesus is on about and what he says about our world. Uh, something else you do, um, on Monday evenings in February, we're going to do a thing that we call the Life Series. It's my favourite time of the year. The Life Series is all about uh, the good life and what Jesus has to do with it. We'd love to invite you along to that. We're going to be on Monday night starting the 8th of February uh, at Zero Cafe in TTP. Um, 
there's info, uh, contact info on the on the front of your leaflets there. Feel free just to uh, get in touch if you'd like any more info on any of that stuff. That's the first credit you could be in. If you're here today and you're thinking, I'm not really on board with all this Jesus thing, I want to say, why not try digging a bit deeper? What have you got to lose? The second category, you could be here today and you could be ready to accept Jesus as your saviour. All that you've heard about him up to this point, you're ready to go, okay, now I want to accept him. I want to trust him. If that's you today and you're feeling like that's what, what you want to do, can I just say that's the best decision ever, the best Christmas decision you could ever make? And I'll say, get in touch with us. Let us know. Uh, come and grab me afterwards or grab Ada, who you've seen at the front here as well. Um, again, there's details on the front of the, the leaflet if you walk away and you don't get a chance to grab us today. But do get in touch. We'd love to help you as you make those first steps uh, in what is a really a new life for you now. Great decision. Uh, third category of, of people, if you're here today, you might already be living for Jesus, have, trusting in him as your saviour, trusting in him as your God. If that's you, this is this is what I want to say. 2020 has been a challenging year, hasn't it? Things have been different, things have been unsettled, things haven't been normal. And in fact, Jesus doesn't promise us that life is always going to be easy and simple and normal. Next year might be even worse. But here's the thing that we want to do. Here's the thing to, to remember today. Hang on to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who saves us. Jesus is the one who is God with us. And that can give us great hope, not just now, but always. Merry Christmas, everybody.